0: yeah we're saying our own names right yeah you're saying yeah. your
1: own names i'm gonna do something like this you can start recording
0: oh i oh, no. i've been recording dude. oh you've been recording <laughs>
1: you like okay so definitely dang i really did that that ring light is pissing me off like i feel like there's not enough light in this side of my face <laughs> there's my right side my good side I got this. Rahim <laughs> Welcome to your local chai. We are your hosts, Akel, Kiki, <laughs> and Zane.
0: This is our Get first. Yeah, this is yeah. our first episode of Local Chai. We want to welcome everyone to the podcast. Uh, let us tell you a little bit about who we are. So, I am Akel. I'm Akel Danani on TikTok. Uh, I've been a internet content creator since high school. Um, but it never really worked out until last year when a couple of my videos went viral and I got, you know 57, thousand subscribers on TikTok. Uh, and I built an entire platform, starting talking about, I started by talking about Lego, then moved on to like Star Wars. And then, because I can't help myself, I started talking about like Islam and philosophy and history and language and stuff like that. So, it was through those avenues that I met these lovely people here, Kiki and Zane.
2: I'm Kiki. I am Life With For Y'all on TikTok. The reason why there's two names is because I'm a living contradiction. And the way I got popular on TikTok was because one of my videos accidentally went viral where people thought I was a single mother, which is not true. And I wrote, I was a single cat mom, but nobody saw the cat emoji. So I just make videos on relationships, inner work, and random TikTok videos time to time. And just also friend videos. So that is me.
1: And I'm Zane. Uh, I got started on TikTok originally to support my Twitch stream. Lone Wolf 7 Gaming, and um, I played Tekken, I was a competitive Tekken player, joined TikTok, started making content on other topics such as Star Wars, Marvel Comics, Muslims in comics, and then some Muslim uh, Muslim content because I can't help myself, and people encouraged me to make more Muslim content even though I was there to play games. I'll, I'm also call sign Padre, which is my shooting content the way this podcast got started was because I created a video about relationship gurus and Akil reached out to me and then we reached out to Kiki
0: reached out is a a strong word. (laughs) I, I commented on your relationship videos. And I think what I said was I'm dumb as heck. I should have a Muslim advice podcast. Uh, And you sort of played along with the joke. Uh, until it was, I wasn't joking. It's a requirement <laughs> to be dumb. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. So we just we just kind of talked about it for a while. Didn't do anything. Uh, yeah. And then Kiki posted a, a rather serious video, uh, also talking about relationships. And I thought it was a bit, but I invited her to be on this podcast that we didn't have. Uh, and so Kiki is the one that sort of key kicked our butts. And, uh, and got us into gear to actually make this podcast
2: and now we're here
0: and now we're here, now we're here. and now it's everyone's problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we've been scouring the Muslim internet to see what's what's striking at the hearts of our brothers and sisters what's coming up in life what are people dealing with we all came together because we have, Sort of different perspectives on how to approach relationships and how to navigate through those. So that's sort of what we really wanted to get started with. Um, and I think Zane has some some anonymous confessions from the community that we wanted to start with.
1: Oh, you want to you, you start with the last one?
0: Uh, any any of them. Start with your favorite. <laughs> I was hoping. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um. You know what? We won't. Okay.
1: (laughs) You know what? It's the simplest one to go to. Let's read it out loud. Sure. Um, Confession. It's hard to find men who fit women's standard, and it's not because women's standards are too high. Women are held to a much higher standard than men in most cultures, and because of that, women are extremely well-rounded, and overall outperform men in work, home life, social life, beauty, and so on. However, their male counterparts are raised to be extremely one-dimensional which makes it extremely difficult to find men who are also multidisciplinary in nature and can even compete with a woman. Hence, if it wasn't haram, I'm sure most Muslim women would be gay.
0: <laughs> There's a lot to that. What a fantastic a ending um, but... to that confession. <laughs> the last
2: line. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that's a very interesting post because I, I was, when I was looking up stuff for this podcast as well, I saw a lot of, um, I, I saw a very emotional post from, from a woman saying, how am I supposed to submit to my husband? How am I supposed to follow these rules that Islam has when men kind of suck? And this is sort of saying the same thing. Like, aren't men supposed to be, you know, providers? Aren't they supposed to be intelligent? Aren't they supposed to give guidance and stuff like that? But if they don't, how is somebody supposed to to listen to men or to marry a man that they're supposed to submit to? No, no thoughts. <laughs> uh, well, Yuki, go ahead. Um,
2: Thought, but it kind of goes off topic, so yeah, I don't no, know if I can No, wait no, on go. That.
0: It's a conversation. Go, go for it.
2: It's a, so I feel like. The whole new concept term that we keep hearing a lot with passenger princess, this is what it reminds me of. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, like you can be the passenger princess because men are better at driving cars, allegedly. And, you know, it's like, we're good with that one thing, but you take care of the rest. And this is kind of what it reminds me of with that whole term, because in my head, I'm like, okay... If you want me to be Passenger Princess, that's telling me it's not because you want to treat me well. It's because you're valuing your own life in a way and you want to take the lead because you know how to drive the car better versus like, let me take care of you outside of the car.
0: Yeah, I, I totally see that. It's it It's getting close to this idea of like ownership sort of like I want mm-hmm. to have you instead of be with you right and that's i mean if we're if we're looking at scriptures if we're looking at hadith and like tenets of the faith that's that's the obvious solution right there is that dynamic sort of baked into the words of it but then how do we navigate that today when we're we're in a different world men and women have more or less equal opportunities in the world that we live in so is that a hierarchical structure that needs to be enforced or is it something like what you were saying instead of you know i drive the car because i know how to drive the car it's i drive the car because i'm taking care of you right or and then that extends to outside the car as well i'm taking care of you in all things we're taking care of each other that sort of dynamic and it mm-hmm. seems like this this confession and the one that i found earlier is people who can't find someone who wants to take care of them or someone who can take care of them the way that they deserve to be taken care of and the way that they can take care of their potential partner
2: yeah it's definitely a two-way street i, I definitely wouldn't say it's just like a one-way street yeah. where it's like take care of me but yeah. i'm not going to take care of you
1: yeah jumping off on that and that's something i do i do not like gender roles mm-hmm. um for this specific reason i feel like we have infantilized ourselves mm-hmm. into not learning just basic life skills and being like for example our guys like, well, I don't clean it's her job. Bro, you're a homeowner. <laughs> right? Like yeah. right. Or like I was speaking to um a few girls, women, and uh they're like, if I get a flat tire, I'll just wait for my husband to come and fix it. I'm like, you're gonna stay on the side of the road for 40 minutes mm-hmm. and if your husband's at work, you're gonna wait for him to get off work and drive and fix your tire. She's like, "Yeah, my dad does it." I'm like, "Do it yourself." Just yeah. like it's a life skill, change your damn tire, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. right? So I do feel like when it comes to generals, we've infantilized ourselves to a point where like we can't function. Yeah. Solo, and I feel like if you can't function solo,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh you're going to run into these issues where like, "Oh, well the guy can't take a- take care of me. The woman can't take a- care of me, right?" Yeah. Why am I taking care of you? Like, I got three children, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not yeah. a child. You're a grown-ass adult. Yeah. Like, you got to learn. We got to learn to live with each other and not take care of each other. Like, that's why that a lot of that talk, that dynamic is always off with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I'm coming from.
0: And I think that's getting promoted more and more and more. Even like outside the Muslim space, I just saw a video on Twitter yeah. of uh, an American conservative podcast. It was like Ben Shapiro and two other people that I refuse to learn the names of. And they were like, would yeah. you rather do laundry or clean the dishes? And all three of them were like, I don't know how to do either. I don't do either. Like, I can't, literally, I can't do either. And they were taking pride in the fact that they don't know how to cle- keep their home clean. They don't know how to keep their clothes clean because they have wives that do that. And before they had wives, they had mothers that do that. And mm-hmm. and you're exactly right. This This focus on certain people certain genders need to do certain things is is a weakness more than anything it just means that you can't survive on your own
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: and just to label something masculine and feminine
1: i remember there's a khudba like last year my um imam gave it to me and he's a elderly african-american imam you know lived through the civil rights and jim crow era, right and he was kind of yelling at us for not knowing how to sew Right? Like, how do you guys not know how to sew? Like, what do you do when your pants rip? Do you buy new pants? And we're kinda like, yeah, right? But he had a point, right? That wasn't a masculine skill or feminine skill. That was just a skill that you should've had. Mm-hmm. You should've learned. I have still not learned how to sew, but I am looking up classes. I will teach you. It's been you. a
0: year. I will teach oh, oh, all right, thank
2: you, oh, man. Can you teach me too? I, I will don't teach know
0: <laughs> Okay, so episode two, it's Akial teaches everyone how to sew. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Because because growing up, my my grandparents were like working class, so they had a shop just down the street from where I am right now. Um, And my grandmother would alter clothing and my grandfather would repair electronics. Right. Typical masculine, feminine things. Um, But when I was growing up with my brothers and my cousins, we all learned how to sew. And then I was the only one that learned how to fix electronics because I was the only (laughs) one interested in that. But we all learned how to sew. And the funniest thing is my little sister is the one who can't sew. She's the only one out of the five of us that can't sew. (laughs) So when we need to like hem stuff or, you know, fix our pants when they rip, or even I do a bunch of arts and craft projects, like I know how to sew. I can, even though it's a feminine thing, I like, I don't think it's a feminine thing, but even though it's called a feminine thing, that's like something I take pride in knowing how to do and being able to do.
2: That's awesome. I remember knowing how to sew a little bit as a kid to make mm-hmm. clothes for my stuffed animals. Oh, but yeah, that's I clearly great. didn't continue. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I wonder if muscle memory will kick in and be like, you know how to do this. Yeah.
0: Oh, it, it for sure will. There was, there's a few years where I just didn't, where I bought new pants when I ripped them. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're living in a society that's just, you know, capitalistic so that that is how we're designed to think yeah so but when he said it why why don't you know how to sew i was like yeah good point Um, oh it it is where it is
0: why don't you Um, know how to cook why don't you know how to provide for
1: yourself as an individual exactly and when people say well i know how to fix my car it's like bro when was the last time you had to fix your brakes versus when was the last time you had to flip an egg right like just (laughs) statistically yeah what do you do more during the day right (laughs) like yeah. Like, well, I could fix my car. Yeah, but bro, when was the last time you changed the brakes to your car? When was the last time yeah. you made, made yourself an egg to survive to eat, yeah, right? To eat? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's not the same. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You can't compare cooking to car repairs, right? Yeah. And honestly, I don't like getting dirty. I pay people to fix my, like, even yeah. to change my headlights. I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's too lazy. I'm like, yo, do this for me, right? Yeah. Um, I can't do that for food. I mean, I can, but yeah. I'll go broke. DoorDash. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I've been DoorDashing a lot. I need to stop that. Mm-hmm. I really need to stop that. Me too. Oh. Me
0: too.
2: <laughs> We're not sponsored by DoorDash.
0: Sorry. Skip the dishes because it's skip. local. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, know, I'm so bad. I'll, I'll order from a restaurant I could see from my house. Ah. <laughs> I'll just like, you know what?
0: Let me order yeah. from there. Yeah. oh <laughs> i'm i'm gonna yeah. keep my excuse if it's freezing outside so that's that's my excuse i don't have a car so i can spend 20 okay. minutes outside to get food or i could just you know DoorDash. okay <laughs> yeah okay fair enough see <laughs> like yeah. exactly but but we'll the have thing is, things a little yeah the thing is i know how to cook though yeah i just don't know how to grocery shop so my my fridge is empty <laughs>
2: The well,
1: fridge was empty until alone.
2: You can also DoorDash groceries.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's right. right. DoorDash, let's go. When I say I don't know how to grocery shop, it's like planning out what I can make and what I need to get to make the things that I want to make. I just gotta sit down and write and like write out a list or something, then I'll be good. It's, and that's that's another skill that like everyone should have, right? It's it's about taking care of yourself. But going back to this confession. Unless there's anything else that you had generally speaking. Uh no going back to confession, yeah. there's just two points I wanted to make though.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. First one I think is really interesting. Your orientation m- majority of the time is not chosen. You're like you're born with yeah. Your orientation. Yeah. Like so that's why I, I needed to say that <laughs> off the bat. I think that's the first thing we should have said. Right? Yeah. Um you can't just decide to like someone else one day, right? Uh, I mean some people can if they get carried like some some can. But yeah. generally speaking,
0: yeah. like people, people <laughs> right. are flexible, right? That's something that can yeah. change over time.
1: Yeah, yeah. But um, generally speaking, it's not something that's a choice. It's it's you're born like that, right? Yeah, from my understanding.
0: Okay. Yeah. For and sure. number, t- I yeah. I feel like this particular confessor has something that they're not admitting, that they're leaving out. With you, that, their, their last sentence yeah. is hinting at something. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> like oh maybe. Maybe women are so, just better, but I'm not allowed to say that.
1: <laughs> uh, well, see, okay. So that actually leads me to my second point, right? The less important point. But yeah. It's like, why is this a competition, right? Yeah. Like, it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. And like, when was the last time you had a bond with a friend, sibling, parent, any type of relationship, any type of friendship, a true authentic bond that was like competitive like that, right? Even like I, my friends who are competitive with me yeah. in video games and stuff. We're competitive to a point, but we're not, like, talking down to each other, right? Mm -hmm. We're actually, through competitiveness, we're lifting each other up, right? It's like when you go to the gym or, like, for the anime fans, Naruto and Sasuke, you're competing to strengthen each other. You know, you're not putting each other down.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's how I see it. Um, So I, I do believe this is a toxic competitive mindset right now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But I also think, like when we look at sort of lifestyle social media and like mm. what people are encouraged to do, I when I see what men are encouraged to do, mm. the ones who say focus on social life, focus on beauty, like go to the gym, work out, make money and all that stuff, they're saying do that so that you can ignore partnerships, right? Mm.
1: And mm.
0: then when I see it for women, and I may be biased here because obviously I see more for men than I do for women, I see focus on social life and beauty and hit the gym and be healthy and education and all that stuff so that you can get the partnership. Right. Mm. Mm. So I think part of the reason, I don't know how online this confessor is, but I'm, I'm seeing it as like, Mm. women are encouraged to have all of these attributes so that they can participate in society. And men are encouraged to have all these attributes so that they can, isolate themselves from society. So, of course, you're not going to meet men with these attributes they're hiding.
1: (laughs) That's just what I see. I don't know if you have. I have not seen that, but that's... I don't know. Kiki, have you seen that? Because I haven't. Like, I don't pay attention. I'm not that smart, man. I'm not that Mm -hmm. granular in my analytical skills. (laughs) Um.
2: I think we're all, like... We've chosen this whole notion behind... We're just we're never going to settle until we find exactly what we want Mm -hmm. and then we'll also be the best our best self. But it's like at what point do you stop and you say, you know, this is good enough for now Mm -hmm. and then I'll continue growing with someone by my side versus like I'm just going to be the best and Mm -hmm. then I'm going to go look for someone.
0: Or, or the opposite of I'm not going to work on myself until mm-hmm. I find someone who is not only the best version of themselves, but also fills in all the gaps that I have. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that I've had to unlearn, because like really? when I'm when I have like crushes on people and stuff like that, I tend to put them on a pedestal and like idolize them and stuff like that, and and think more. Yeah, I see you nodding. Fair, saying, fair, I see fair bro, nodding. fair. I yeah you. <laughs> we were talking about this before the podcast, but like the reason that I have <laughs> stubble right now is because no pretty girls have told me to get rid of it yet. <laughs> and that's like yeah. that's my indicator of when I need to to clean up. But um, yeah, so it's it I sort of fluctuate back and forth of like, this person is too good for me or I'm not good enough for this person. So there's work that I need to do alone in order to get to that stage or like this person needs to to build me up right i i really need to at this point balance like how much work am i doing to improve myself how much work are they doing to improve themselves and then what you were saying kiki like how much can we do together right can we fill in each other's gaps can we help each other out mm-hmm. yeah so that's now, as a grown man, as a 30-year-old, that's what I'm sort of looking for. Um, but I spent a long time looking for for either of the other ones, the, the extreme mm-hmm. ends.
2: And that's like kind of goes back to, oh, I'll find someone else to make me happy versus mm-hmm. let me make myself happy.
0: Yeah. And I've... I've so growing up, I was like the, the go to for boy problems, like all of my friends growing up were girls and they come to me with their boy problems. And that was like the number one issue is that th- there was something in their life that they couldn't be happy about, that that relationship, it didn't just like add to their happiness or like make them more happy. That was their happiness. Right. So without the partnership. They were like completely broken, completely lost, and they ended up just hopping from one person to another person to another person, because mm-hmm. they they weren't satisfied with themselves. Now I'm not saying that's everybody. I had like limited experience, et cetera, and so forth. But like, well, that that
1: is a pattern on many mm. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I worked as a chaplain, mm-hmm. and a lot of um a lot of women who were abused were in a uh, marriage that wasn't necessarily healthy. I'll put it that way to yeah. spare people's imaginations they would they would find or look for saviors Mm -hmm. right so they'll jump from one guy to the next and then be like all guys are trash all guys are treating Mm -hmm. me like this but my thing was like you're you haven't healed yourself you haven't fixed yourself yeah you know and what's happening is guys have a savior complex and they just want to feel they don't want to actually save you they just want to feel good for a little while for being a savior like a like a fake yeah. savior right i can't get into most of it without going on a tangent. so what they're doing is they're getting high by playing savior mm-hmm. and then once they they lose that high of playing savior they drop you and now you are another savior right yeah so like keep your and this actually happened a lot on muslim TikTok two years ago right like women will go little tiktok safe spaces tiktok's not a safe space for goodness gracious no. on live <laughs> on live and talk about their problems and then some dude will come on the live be like oh i would never do that to you and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're on this parasocial relationship that actually becomes a real relationship and then dude got off his savior high yeah and she's back where she is right mm-hmm. um so i don't know where the hell i was going with this but that was a yeah, I was saying, yeah, that is a pattern because you brought it up. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's something I've seen a lot I, uh, previously as a chaplain, mm-hmm. and it is a problem. And yeah. um, hence, you should, you need to fix yourself, get over what you got, get over, work on yourself, do what you need to do, mm-hmm. um, and then to start something healthy, yeah. right? Uh, you don't have to be perfect, nope. but you got to recognize when you're ready.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got to be
0: acceptable. Acceptable. Yeah, you got to be acceptable to other people. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I find this so common, even in women, actually, not just men. And like we say, it's the fixer mindset. And I'll call myself out. I was, I was maybe still am a fixer mm-hmm. where it's like, instead of finding someone that is possibly like fully healed or whatever. I'll find that broken person that's going to break me down, but I'm, like, fixing them, and Mm -hmm. then it's, like, of course you feel good at some point because you're, like, okay, I'm helping them or whatever, but, like, you're breaking yourself in the process Mm -hmm. also or you're getting a high off of it, and then you're, like, okay, so.
1: And a lot of, I'm sorry, uh, just a lot of times, like, one of the things, because I had to study family therapy when I was a chaplain, one of the things is, like, also understand what your relationship is based on and relationships are like, a chemical reaction and any changes is a catalyst. You mm-hmm. gotta rebalance that chemical reaction. So one of the things is um we had a case study, multiple case studies of the man's a drug addict, you know, broken pretty much. Or one of the spell, not necessarily the guy, right? Is broken, drug addict, drunk, whatever, and then the other guy's the fixer, right? The other person's the fixer. After he's fixed or she's fixed, the person who did the fixing has nothing else to fix. mm mm-hmm. The fixer actually wanted the divorce.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Think about that. So, like, there was one specific case study which I'll never forget. Guy was a coke addict, and it took his wife like six years to fix him. Right? He's finally clean, finally good. Um, actually, he's a he's still good now, right? I actually know the guy. wife divorced him. Right? Wife divorced him because she has nothing to fix anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So and pur- she's like, she
2: felt like her purpose was gone.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm. So that's what happened. And um, she's like, "Oh, I made you good for a girl, but like, you're the one who wanted to." And that's literally yeah. when they went through family therapy. That literally was the reason, right? Yeah. So that's crazy too.
0: I've I've <laughs> seen relationships like that that work out, and it's the most toxic thing ever because we have mm-hmm. one person who is a fixer and another person who, no mm-hmm. matter what happens, refuses to be fixed. Oh. And then that's how the relationship continues for like decades and decades and decades and it's exhausting for both parties because one one person their life sucks and the other person cannot accomplish anything because they're trying to like fix something that can't be fixed or that won't be Mm -hmm. fixed right yeah and that's like going back to a little bit what we said earlier is like when we look at textbook abuse like if we're in a psychology class and we're looking at abusive relationships the first thing to do is to make the other person rely on you, right? Nobody loves you except for me, right? You can't help anyone except for me. Like, you need me. And that's why I think that pattern forms is because people can get convinced, oh, I, I need somebody. My value comes from when I'm in a relationship with someone. So after that relationship ends, after, you know, one person is is done with the other, and I'm always of the mindset of, whoever cares less in their relationship has more power because they can you know control the other person more because they care they can i don't know if that's walk all over them or walk away but it's both <laughs> yeah. right and so like you've instilled in this person that their only value comes from someone else so when you leave them they need to find someone else right and that's at least in, in my understanding, I don't know if your experience is different. That's how this sort of continues over and over and over again. And it's hard to break aside. sorry Sorry.
2: Sorry. Um, since you mentioned psychology, it's like, let's take it back to their childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what were, what was neglected? Or mm-hmm. I guess like, um, usually the people that are the fixers, they were neglected in some way, and that's why they become this way in their adulthood mm-hmm. to feel that need because they weren't they didn't have that need met in their yeah. childhood.
0: I would think from my own experience, it's actually the opposite because'm I'm a, I'm a fixer, I'm a helper. I'm like a put everyone else before me kind of person. And that's not because I was neglected as a child, but because everything that I did was wrong. Like my mom growing up would always say, there's always room for improvement, and like so so nothing that I do in my relationships now and my friendships now there's still that little like baby I' kill in the back of my head saying everything that you're doing is not good enough, there's room for improvement, you need to be better, you need to be better, you need to give more, you need to do more and and so that's sort of where I' am right now and again, trying to unlearn it, right?
2: yeah, I think for me in terms of being the fixer helper, mm-hmm. I feel like I wasn't heard or seen enough or even understood enough as a kid. So mm-hmm. I like overdo that part now where it's like, come sit on my couch for three hours and talk. I'll listen <laughs> to you.
0: I, I can see how that can become very difficult, but I also know that this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't been like that. So <laughs> I'm thankful for that tiny bit, <laughs> yeah. but this is a serious <laughs> problem. Funny.
1: No, yeah, it's it's definitely a serious problem because if you're if you're doing it out of, like just being honest, I had to save your complex, right mm-hmm. um they didn't abuse anyone like that don't don't but like mm-hmm. if it's it's it feels good that you help somebody, right? yeah and that's why Islam says so always like check your intentions like why are you doing something right? Are you mm-hmm. doing it for the sake of good or are you doing because it makes you feel good right? So that's something we all gotta check and keep in mind so when we do help that friend, right mm-hmm. Um, and this is because I, I was training chaplaincy and, um, my teacher was Dr. Matson. And That's one. Th- she, I forgot everything she taught me. I'm not even gonna <laughs> lie, but the one thing that stuck with me was like, why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing it for the limelight? Are you doing it to feel good? Are you doing it for the praise? Right. So, um, one really good Dr. Who line that i like to quote, uh, without, without reward, without, without hope, without reward, without witness. Right. Good is good. Right. And um, that's what I like to keep in mind when you do an action. Right. So you're not getting high off that action. You're not just asking your friend to sit on your couch for three hours and listen to them because you're getting high. You're actually you're actually asking them for the sake of doing good and being kind. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that makes the difference. Right. Because you're also addicted. You need to watch your own addiction. uh, Right. Of helping people. So you could actually help them, right? Mm-hmm. Um so it's not bad that you're helping people. It's just why are you doing it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, I,
2: I think that comes to even like in my eyes, like I, I don't like to necessarily categorize people as good or bad, but I think one quality that people that do have kind souls or are, are good hearted, They just do. They're not thinking before they're doing. They're just Mm. doing. But people that operate out of, oh, I can either do this or I can either do this, which, like, that, that's when it's, like, it gets tricky. And I don't want to necessarily say those are bad people, but, you know, I I think more good, kind-hearted souls are the ones that are just doing without having a, like, this is my bank. I'm just going to give versus, like, let me give you one thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And call it yeah. A. I, I think the easiest example is like holding a door for someone. Like if you're, if you see someone out of the corner of your eye coming towards your door, are you going to hold it? Do you even have time to think if you're going to hold it open or is it just an instinctual, just keep it? I like to do a little spin move on my way out of Tim Hortons. For the Americans, Tim Hortons is Dunkin' Donuts in Canada. It's much better than Dunkin' Donuts. It's, no, it's, it's not finest it's
1: establishment. It's not. It's so gross. Oh, it is Canada's finest <laughs> establishment. Um when I moved down south and I found out New York had more Tim Hortons. I was so angry. Right. And now whenever I go visit up north, I have it. What's up?
2: I just learned that there's so many timmies in New York. Yeah. I had no idea. It's not the same. So,
1: it's not
0: the same. It's a different it's recipe. It's not the
1: same. So I will say this. When New York only had two, actually mm-hmm. one in Grand Central, mm-hmm. it was great. I will say like the new ones, it's not like the original Tim Hortons in New York. Yeah, I'll say that. But okay. whenever I go to Canada, like all my Instagram <laughs> posts are Tim Hortons, man. It's it's amazing. Their coffee is amazing. Okay. It's the <laughs> best coffee i ever had. I'm is not it? like Starbucks. Physical. Yo, yo okay. I make my own coffee. I don't know. It, it's amazing. We are not sponsored by Tim Hortons, but we would—I would love to be anyway. I would not <laughs> oh, like <man>. to
0: be. <laughs> and please make a Tim Hortons down south in America, please.
2: <laughs> we'll take it. I
0: will. I will trade you. I will trade you. You can have the Tim Hortons. I will take your Krispy Kreme. Done. I like my no.
2: Krispy.
0: Kreme. <laughs> no, Tim Hortons donuts are better.
2: No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they are. Yes, they it's are. Plain
2: I mean, glazed donuts.
0: I, I will tell you, I will tell you, when I was in university here, my two go-to donuts at Tim Hortons were Boston Cream because it has the cream inside yeah. and Vanilla Dip because it has the sprinkles on top. I went to New York in like 2012, I think, and the Tim Hortons there, the Boston Cream had the sprinkles on top. I was in heaven. It was like two donuts for the price of one.
1: 2012 is when I first went to Tim Hortons. Mm. The one that we had in New York. That was literally the first challenge. No, I think, no, my bad. It was 2011. 2011 the first time okay. I went to, yeah. It was my last year of college and it was amazing. And the best Tim Hortons donut mm-hmm. is um the maple, the maple Boston the, cream. The, That's ma- amazing. Yes, the maple, the Canadian maple. That, the, yeah, the Canadian maple. That's the best donut period. I, I'll give you crispy clean, cream and the glazed donuts mm. for that maple. I was, amazing. I was
0: talking to my friend on the East Coast, apparently they don't have that anymore there.
2: They don't have the glazed donut?
0: No, they don't no, have the, the maple. No, know. they don't have the maple. <laughs> they don't have the maple filled donut over on the East Coast. So like, now you got to come to Calgary mm-hmm. to get your maple yeah. donut. So,
1: so actually, I went to Calgary. Actually, the amazing part for all the Muslims, right? Calgary is one of the greatest places to live because right next to your masjid, the biggest masjid in Calgary, right? I want the the red carpet. I forgot where it is. Right next to it is uh, uh, Tim Hortons, right? (laughs) That's That's what I do.
0: There's a Tim Hortons next to every masjid. (laughs) Like if I I look out (laughs) my window right now, I will see (laughs) the downtown masjid and a block away are two Tim Hortons literally across the street from each other.
1: Okay. Okay, so when I visit Calgary, I didn't know where I was. Mm-hmm. I'm like to the Uber driver, like, yo, take me to this hotel. I'm in this, I think it was a Ramada Inn. Yeah. That Majin and Tim Hortons. I'm like, I'm set. I'm good. It was Friday. I got Juma. I got my Tamis. I'm good. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh.
0: Yes. Oh. oh.
2: I'd like to reel it back in. Yeah,
0: Can yeah, yeah. We'll back in. it. Yes. <laughs> so, Sorry. Fix us, uh, Kiki. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the door comment so. that you made yeah. actually made me it reminded me of i don't know if you guys heard um this thing about the grocery store cart
0: mm-hmm. and it's like oh.
2: returning the cart to see like how many people actually do that when no one's looking versus when people are looking mm-hmm and i don't remember like the whole concept behind it but yeah. it was like you know it's... are you going to return it or
0: not yeah that's just like a litmus test of are you a good person when nobody's yeah. looking because we're returning the the cart, and this has changed in some places because now you actually like pay for the carts and you get yeah, all, a, all
1: these there's you know, an incentive
0: to return the carts now but like back in the day there's no incentive to return the cart. if you leave it there you're driving away no one's going to know that you left the cart there right So in that circumstance, when nobody knows if you're going to do the right thing or the wrong thing, are you going to do the right thing? And surprisingly, not a lot of people are going to do the right thing. I'll
1: be honest. I return the cart. Mm -hmm. But when you're in Costco, in Costco specifically, bro, that's a pain. Like, no, they have, I make sure they I'm, have the,
0: you got to park near, not next to yeah, you, that's near what the car returns.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> what I do. Yeah. But when you go, like, on Sunday morning, Yeah. and you don't got parking, I'm just like, bruh, come on. Okay. It's just like Costco. Target, yeah. Aldi, well, Aldi's you have to pay. But, like, mm-hmm. all the other places, I got you. Yeah. Costco, man, like, especially if I have my kids, like, bro, I can't leave them in the car. <laughs> and Costco parking lot with kids is not safe, no, right? it's so not safe. I do it's make a little, yeah, I know, so I make a little exception there right you're
2: looking out for your kids yeah it's a a greater good
1: (laughs) sometimes i don't have kids i just leave it but actually when i don't have kids i while i hate it i do it yeah i'm not gonna yeah Yeah. but when i have kids i'm like whatever man but not this costco
0: stuff (laughs) there's there's this huge thing about like right and wrong where are you doing it because it's the good thing to do or are you doing it because like you're expecting a reward or something like that so with the cart return, I'm trying to like not only is it the right thing to do, but I'm trying to make it like feel good in the moment as well because it's miserable to like push your cart back. So every time I return the cart, I do the little scooter thing because you can't do the scooter thing in the store. I'm a grown ass man. You can't do the scooter thing in the store. But when I'm returning the car to the parking lot, I'll just grab up, hop on the back and just <laughs> to make it fun. To make it fun yeah, to do yeah. the right thing. It's cars, <laughs> man. It's cars. <laughs> <laughs> I can't that. It's cars. But you make it that fun. But you make it fun. You make it. You make fun. the right yeah. thing an enjoyable thing. Because like, yeah, I don't know about y'all, but like, so much growing up in an immigrant family, like doing the right thing was always such a slog and always such a punishment. Like, mm. if we got good grades in school, if we did a good like science fair project, our reward was like not going to Masjid on Friday, yeah. like you can skip Masjid. Granted, makes sense. It's an hour and a half drive where I grew up to get there and yeah. back. But like, after I moved out of my parents' house, I'm like, I don't want to go to Masjid. I still don't like going. Cause it like, <laughs> cause it's like, it was, it was instilled as being a punishment. Right. Or, or not yeah. even a punishment. Just like the reward is not going. Right. Yeah, same, same thing with like eating healthy. If the healthy food, growing up all the healthy food was disgusting. I had to I had to switch from 2% to skim milk as a child and that was terrible. So now like because the the right thing isn't enjoyable in the moment, my little like monkey biology brain is going like, "No, don't do the right thing." So now mm-hmm. I have to take these extra steps to make sure that the right thing I can enjoy it in the moment as well.
2: Mhm. That's
0: fair. So yeah. I'll, do the, I'll do the scooter. I don't care if I get hit by a car. Okay. <laughs> well, you're having these, fun in the moment. I'm having fun in yeah. the moment. <laughs> also, I, I, don't, I don't
1: know about these litmus tests, right? Mm-hmm. Like people, depending on where you're from, what culture or social context you're from, yeah. right? Like in New York City, I don't remember ever putting the cart back. That was like, a, like coming from New York City and now living down south in North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. People are very different. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like saying hello or hi to people when I walk by them. I just do it because that's expected, right? In mm-hmm. New York, if you said hi to a random person, that was weird. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, you, you're asking for a fight. It's like, bro, why are you saying hi to me? Yeah. Right? That's the way I grew up. So, like, mm-hmm. I do think these litmus... Yeah, go no, ahead. <laughs> you know.
2: So, I was just in New York this past weekend. Yeah. And yeah. the day my friend was picking me up from the airport, she was like, you know, she was almost there to get me. I'm still in line at Starbucks waiting for my drink. And I'm just like, yeah, thank you. And she's like, don't say thank you. Get out the door. No one yeah. cares.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, why are you saying th- like, yeah, in exactly. So, so when I, when I, okay, when I first moved out of New York, I didn't know how rude I was, right? Um, I was in Indonesia and we're at a mall. I was, I was sitting with a Canadian friend of mine mm-hmm. and a Seattle friend, right? Which and is is pretty i pretty much at Canadian. The wait- <laughs> yeah, which is pretty much. <laughs> and I snapped at the waiter. I snapped at the waiter. And my Canadian, my Canadian friend just looked at me. He's like, "Don't you ever do that." I was 22 at the time, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, "Don't you ever do that again?" Like he, he was harsh with me. He was uh 27 at the time. I was 22, mm-hmm. and he was he just looked me in the eye. That like, don't ever do that again. Yeah. Right. And it was just it was normal. Like yeah, we snapped at like why can't I do that? Why I gotta say thank you and stuff like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even tipping the waiter. New Yorkers, like, I remember a lot A lot of the time when I went out to eat with my white friends. My Muslim friends always gave tips, right? Mm-hmm. My white friends, they would be like, well, the waiter did this, well, didn't, like, they were like, mm-hmm. rate or rank the service and then tip. While, like, my Muslim friends were like, whatever, man, he's having a, a hard, hard time, like, yeah. just tip him, right? Yeah. And over here in, in, like, what do you call it? In North Carolina, we, we have it, like, this is a 15% tip, this is a twenty percent tip. It's right there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just different areas, even in the same country, mm-hmm. culturally are different. So when you have these type of litmus tests, yeah, right? Like, oh, does he tip? How does he treat the waiter? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, most of the time in New York, you don't want to say thank because you you're wasting their time too. It's like, bro, we're not friends. Yeah, get your drink, go, and let me make another drink. Right? Like, mm-hmm. so, so it's kind of,
0: yeah it's not universal you can't use them as litmus tests it's not it's not universal and I yeah that's the reason that I like the shopping cart analogy is yeah. because that doesn't affect other people right that's mm. not wasting other people I mean the yeah. people who have to get the carts is wasting their time but like yeah. it's not it's not a direct interaction that has like a cultural norm associated with it mm. nobody cares if you do it or if you don't right it's just are you going to make someone else's job a little bit easier? Are you going to make somebody else's drive that you don't know a little bit safer, right? It's a, mm. it's a very low stakes thing. Whereas, yeah, saying thank you to the barista in an airport Starbucks, are you crazy? Even if you weren't in New York, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Fair enough, yeah, on an airport too. In <laughs> an airport Starbucks, regular Starbucks, I say thank you, hey, how are you? Nice to see you again, I come in every week. Airport Starbucks, no, you don't do that.
1: <laughs> yeah yo if you came to new york starbucks like hey how are you doing thank you they'll just look at you like yeah. what are you what are you waiting for that's why i can't live in new york anymore mm-hmm. the customer service down here is so much nicer yeah. right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> even in orlando orlando is a garbage city but like i went to the same salad place for lunch at work every day and it yeah. got to a point where like i as soon as i stepped in the door they'd start making my order because i'd order the same thing every single day mm-hmm. um and and now I'm like that here at Tim's. Like they don't even call out my number when my mobile order's ready. They're just like, they get it ready. They see me walk in the door. They're like, here here you go. The guy at A and W uh, knows my name. So like, it's well, it's a, a it's f- a different culture.
1: Different. That's such a good like different culture. <laughs> it's a different a culture. Flex. I wish <laughs> I wish there's a Tim's that knew me here. I would love that. Um. Yeah. But like at the same time, I don't want like I know the gun range I used to go to, Triangle Shooting Academy. Mm-hmm. One of the guys, his girlfriend was Pakistani, so mm-hmm. like he knew me, and like whenever I come in, he's like, "Hey, Mr. Sayed," and he starts talking to me in Urdu. I'm like, "Bro, I'm not here to talk to you. Right? <laughs> Get me in my lane. Let me start shooting. I'm not like like bro, stop it." Yeah. Right? And now that's why I go to the outdoor range, right? Nobody's there. It's in the middle of nowhere. There's no people. No one's to- And I hate when people come and talk to me. It's like, bro, I'm training. Mm-hmm why are you talking to me you're interrupting me right yeah so like it's a very like i'm not saying i'm antisocial. i'm not saying i'm a rude guy right but it's context matters about these things
0: right um yeah yeah yeah. and and i'm the same way as you like i don't want the tim's people to know my order (laughs) like i don't want to talk to the people the the i like i went to starbucks last week and i was so happy because the manager there knows who i am and knows my order and I like, I peeped in before I walked in. I'm like, okay, she's not there. This lady pops up behind the counter. She was like doing something under the cash register. She pops up. She's like, oh, what frappuccino are you getting today? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so I, I don't like it, but I also understand that that's the cultural norm here. Yeah. Like more so, I grew up in the States and that would not that would not happen when I was growing up. But here, hmm. it is the cultural norm that you treat other people in a personable way, right? Yeah. So it's different. You're We're right. You're right. That, it's different. Though. You
1: you want to trade for Tim's? Yeah, for Tim's. <laughs> sure. Like,
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So that, that 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 was just my little two cents on litmus test, right? No, like, that's fair. You, you to gotta to understand be, cultural mm-hmm. cultural context, right? Yeah, What's in rude in context. one place is completely normal. Right. And that's why when we go to Hedge. This um, like, this people start, like, man, we're making the wall. this dude just spit on the floor, I'm like, bro, why are you spitting on the floor? It's just, like, what what, that's what you do. That's what you do, right? It's normal, like, yeah. right? you know? Yeah. So, like, people just got to understand cultural context matters and those yeah. type of things. Um, mm-hmm. And you shouldn't just write somebody off. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of these litmus tests and a lot of the questions that are being asked and then looking at, you know what standards? like I'm just looking back at the bringing it back to the confession, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I guess they're talking about academics, someone's home life social life, right? Like all this asking these questions and doing these litmus tests doesn't help you build an authentic bond with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. The way you bond with somebody romantically or a friendship is just to spend time with them. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: That-
1: yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was from, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy who just left the daily show Trevor noah mm-hmm. right and his book born a crime uh he lost contact with his dad for 20 years so when he met his dad he had a book and he was ready to ask these questions. he started interviewing his dad kind of like how most muslims describe dating he just started interviewing his dad And his dad's like what are you doing shut the book he's like mm-hmm. what he's like is that how you get to know people no you spend time with them and he's he says it that like till this day he still doesn't know things about his dad because he doesn't ask them because that that's not necessarily to build a bond with right mm-hmm. so when this person talks about standards and uh men not being well-rounded or like women are better in home life social life academics and beauty <laughs> beauty was crazy um like did you ever sit down and actually try to bond with somebody right yeah um because that's crazy to like just look at a person and be like he's not as pretty as me or he's not as educated as me, right? Yeah. And just write them off like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. I
2: yeah. think that's when mm. we put ourselves on pedestals, mm. or putting others on the same thing. And it's like you're you start comparing yourself in a way where you're like, I'm better than you, mm. yeah. and therefore I'm gonna look down upon you versus see you as an equal. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not. I'm not here for that.
1: The- Build a bond, build a bond, build a bond. That's what like, get to know them for the sake of knowing them. This goes back to intentions of doing Mm -hmm. the right thing. Why are you getting to know this person in the first place? Right. Um, Just get to know them for them. Like, Mm -hmm. and if you fall in love with them, that's great. If you don't, that's great too. But at least Mm -hmm. you got, same thing with all, one of the reasons I hate the Dawa, TikTok and all that, trying to uh, convert people is we call it Perik Dawa, Perik. Um, I forgot how you spell that word it's like you're making short-term wins right mm-hmm. but like you're not actually building a bond like the most people who convert convert because they met a muslim friend and they were nice and then they converted right mm-hmm. they didn't convert because you debated them and like challenged them their beliefs right they didn't convert because of that same yeah. thing no one's gonna marry you when you're like oh you need to better yourself be a doctor be this that yeah. that, xyz they're gonna marry you because you build a bond with them yeah. right and that's what uh So building a bond Mm -hmm. is also in other places in life also.
0: Yeah. And and I feel like that's especially the case with this confession because it's like, I have ticked off these boxes. Therefore, Mm. you need to tick off these boxes. Like if you've ticked off these boxes for yourself, fantastic. You are a well-rounded person with work and home life and social life and beauty and all that. Mubarak, (laughs) congratulations. But like, just because you've done that does not mean that somebody else needs to do that or needs to do that for you yeah
2: yeah it's like they should do it for themselves and if y'all find each other
0: great, great great yeah
1: fantastic yeah um i'm pretty sure (laughs) i want to ask kiki this question would you if you don't find a guy would you become gay right i don't think that's the right term at the end of that like Like, i have my (laughs)
0: cat Yeah. My cat. Don't <laughs> exactly. cat yeah. That's why this post is sus. Is like, I don't know. Would you? <laughs> would you is there? Exactly. What is the reason that you're not gay right now? Yeah. Is it? Is it because you're yeah. Muslim?
1: Yeah. Like, I. I that's per exactly. And you know <laughs> what? The the hate because I I I've met a lot of gay Muslims, right? Mm-hmm. Lesbian Muslims, bi Muslims. None of them actually talk like like one of my closest friends yeah there's a uh, bisexual muslim girl right mm-hmm. she doesn't talk about guys like this right no it's just not it's not the case so like it's interesting it's sus, also mm-hmm. it's not sus, but it's like this person needs to dig in deep to
0: what's really happening yeah uh, this person appreciates women which is fantastic and beautiful and live yeah. your truth <laughs>
1: yeah uh Yeah. And don't be competitive like this. And don't, don't even with, even, even be with, even with other women, if that yeah. if that's what you decide, don't, yeah. don't cause it's toxic. Cause ain't nobody want to compete with you like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause if competition, like, you know, when you used to play pickup basketball, I didn't cause I wasn't uh, athletic. Right. Mm-hmm. It's competitive, but no one was like toxic competitive like that. Right. Afterwards, yeah. you left in the court and you did what you gotta do.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you were friends. So that's something that's very important. Yeah. Um, But also, if you are like a well-rounded person and you're engaging in these spaces for like health and beauty and education and stuff, are are these one-dimensional people in where you are? Like, where are you finding these one-dimensional people? Aren't the people in the spaces where you are the same as you (laughs) doing the same (laughs) thing that you're doing? That was a very good point. Yeah. All out. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on Local Chai. We have been your chai Chaiwabins. Uh, We'll see you on the next podcast.